0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Chicago Football Fantasy Podcast, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. Drive what Dan Hampton drives. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com today.
2: This is it. This is crunch time in the fantasy football playoffs. Welcome to the Chicago Football Fantasy Podcast presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. I'm your host, John Solly. I'm the senior digital editor here at ChicagoFootball.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at J. Solly. We've got the whole crew in the studio today. Uh, sitting just to my left is Arthur Arkish. You can follow him on Twitter, at Arthur Arkish. Arthur, how you doing today? Outstanding. It's good to be here. How are you, John? I'm doing all right. Good to see your beautiful face. Uh, and just to his left, J.C. Talon, ChicagoFootball.com, fantasy football writer. J.C., how you doing? Doing well. All right. How was everybody's fantasy football week? We're, we're all, we all made the playoffs in at least one league. Arthur, how'd you do this past week?
0: Uh... Not bad. A first-round bye, thanks Cam Newton. A uh, first-round exit, thanks Sean Drone over James Starks. <laughs> and uh, a nice win in, in the league where we're just heading into the playoffs this week. Blake Bortles uh, went off and had me in pretty good shape. Yeah, Bortles was
2: a real nice pick this week. JC, how'd your first uh, fantasy playoffs go
1: Do one, Doing well in the one playoffs. It's two weeks, and I'm ahead uh, going into the second week and The other league, we're just entering the playoffs, and I'm in, so that's good.
2: Well, screw both of you guys. My sister is crushing me in our family <laughs> league. She picked up Doug Baldwin, and I'm pretty much done in a two-week uh, league. So uh, we're going to get you right into some news and notes here. Uh, guys, a couple of big injuries to talk about. Andy Dalton uh, with his thumb, he's out. Thomas Rawls, uh, he's uh, he's also gone with the, the Seattle standout running back. Uh, so we're going to look at some replacement options. Let's start with Andy Dalton. Uh, who are we looking at to, to replace? If you've got Dalton uh, on your roster, who are you looking at to replace him at quarterback? Arthur, I'll start with you.
0: Well, I like the options you laid out in our rundown here. Certainly, Ryan Fitzpatrick somehow is still available in a lot of leagues. He's got a pretty juicy matchup with Dallas this week. Uh, That would be the top option, I believe. You've also got Alex Smith down here. I I like that option as well. Uh, Marcus Mariota still owned in less than 50%, but this obviously isn't a good matchup at all for him heading to New England.
2: JC, a couple guys that are ranked that are available in over 50% of leagues. Alex Smith, Jameis Winston I saw in ESPN leagues if you're on the, uh, that site, Mariota, a guy that we've kind of been down on because of his matchups. He managed to catch a touchdown pass this past week. But uh, any of those three guys that excite you if you have Dalton and you got to look for somebody?
1: Uh, not really. Um, I would say uh, I looked in our 12-team league. Kirk Cousins is um, available in 60% of the leagues. He, he, Do you like string, that? Well, oh, he's been stringing <laughs> together some good games. I mean, you know, a couple three hundred yarders, and um, I don't love it, but I lo- I like it a little better. Um, you know, you mentioned Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, if he's available, certainly I put him over Cousins. Here's one I, I that I think might be interesting this week. Indianapolis is a mess. TJ Yates for a one week deal. I mean, he he might only play one week, but against Indianapolis. I, I really take a close look at him. He likes to throw to Hopkins. Hopkins has not experienced any drop off with Yates, uh, so that's guy I'd look at.
2: Arthur, I kind of like that. This is a must win game for Houston uh, if they want to take this out. So TJ Yates is a, a potential pickup if you if you've got Dalton on your roster.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got to have some pretty pretty big cojones. But uh, you know, considering where we're at right now, uh, you could do a lot worse. Remember, Yates is first. Uh, shot at at the starting job when I believe at at the time it was still Hoyer who went down had that amazing touchdown throw to Hopkins the one-hander on prime time and uh, JC's absolutely right the chemistry seems to be there between those two guys
2: Alright, let's uh, let's look at running back if you uh, managed to pick up Thomas Rawls he was doing great for you probably propelled you into the fantasy playoffs now you're without him uh, who are you looking at at running back, J.C., if you've got uh, Thomas Rawls on your roster?
1: Well, I think Tim Hightower down in New Orleans. If you didn't jump on him last week, uh, I know Arthur did. In, in one, Somebody picked up C.J. Spiller, and I thought to myself, I don't know if he's going to be the guy. And just as I was looking it up, then it, uh, my email dinged, and it was Arthur picking up Tim Hightower. So I thought, ah, touche. That was a nice pickup. Um, I also, I, I'm not too crazy about Harris as the backup for Rawls. Keep in mind that um, after Rawls went six carries for 44 yards, Harris went 18 carries for 42 yards. So Bryce Brown might actually get a look there and if he's the answer, then I'm afraid of what the question is. So, um, yeah, I would go Hightower over uh, either one of the replacements in Seattle.
2: Yeah, Arthur, I think I'm uh, I'm avoiding the Seattle backfield until at least there's some clarity. And, and really, Russell Wilson has just been carrying that team anyway. So uh, who are you looking at for possible uh, running back pick? Hightower's got to be number one for you, doesn't
0: he? Yeah, Hightower's number one. It was very encouraging to see just the opportunity, obviously. I believe he had 28 carries. He did find the end zone late in that game. Uh, the reason he's the guy instead of C.J. Spillers because they trust him a lot more on passing downs. And uh, it's obviously all about opportunity. There's nothing special about H- high tower. There's a reason uh, he was buried until this point. But New Orleans still has some juice offensively. We saw that last week. And uh, uh, especially if there's going to be red zone opportunities, that's got to be the first
2: place you look. Matchup-wise, they get Detroit at home. That is a tasty matchup,
1: I think. Yep.
0: It is now. Detroit had been playing much, much better until Todd Gurley went off. I know we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. So curious to see how Terrell Austin's defense responds this week. And well, and
1: New Orleans has actually hit stride offensively the last couple weeks. If they could uh, put up, what was it, uh, high 20s against Carolina, you would think they could really score against Detroit.
2: And Arthur mentioned him earlier. In the business, that's called a segue. So we're going to go to Todd Gurley. Uh, 140 yards and two touchdowns. Guys, I'm not that optimistic about him going forward. I think that was probably his last great game this year. Uh, Tampa's got, I believe, the number two DVOA uh, rush defense, Seattle. They are quickly looking really, really scary. Uh, How are you guys feeling about Gurley uh, going forward for the fantasy playoffs?
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'd I'd surely like to see more um, before I'm convinced. Unfortunately, we don't have more time. So uh, he's the kind of guy where... You got to trust your studs at this point in the season, and even though he's been more down than up over the past month, four, five, six weeks, uh, you probably have to play him. Remember that was uh, that was Tampa that Hightower produced a pretty good game on; it just wasn't a very efficient one. JC, how you feeling about Gurley?
1: Well, you know Tampa is number eight in overall yardage uh, allowed on the ground, so that's better than I would have thought. I would not shy away from playing him against Tampa Bay. I, just the eye test; I think he'll be fine there. Um, that next game is at Seattle. Is that correct? They're on the road for that one? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's right, because the first game of the year, they're home. So they're at Seattle. That's one where, boy, I just playing any running back at Seattle right now, they're on fire. Um, they gave up, what was it, 20, 24 yards, 28 yards of total rushing last week to, to Baltimore. So, yeah, they're playing very well.
2: All right, we're going to look ahead at uh, Ted Ginn now. Um, He's had four touchdowns in the past two games. Gets the Giants, Atlanta, and Tampa to close the season. He's available in about 50% of leagues from what I've seen, guys. Uh, Ted Ginn, I think, is a plug-and-play in a a flex spot and maybe even a wide receiver three, wide receiver two. Uh, Arthur, what do you think about Ginn?
0: Yeah, the most amazing part about what Cam Newton has done this season is that he's doing it with guys like Ted Ginn, uh, Philly Brown, whoever else they have on that roster. I don't even know who these people are, but uh, Ginn does, of course, have the pedigree. He was overdrafted years ago and, and fizzled out in a couple different stops. Uh, what he brings, though, is speed. He doesn't necessarily get a ton of targets or a ton of catches, but all it takes is one for him to make the most of it, and uh, that's the number one scoring offense in <laughs> football. I know this whole Carolina thing is still hard to wrap my head around, but uh, the numbers don't lie, and Ted Ginn's production doesn't either. J.C., is he a boom-bust guy
2: for you? or is he
1: I think he is a boom-bust guy. One thing I'd tell you is I was amazed doing my column today. The last time Carolina didn't score at least 27 points, it was week two, and they scored 24. So they are a very powerful offense. In three of the last four weeks, Gin has put up very good numbers. Uh, he's boom or bust, but, you know, if he's on my roster, I'd play him.
0: And that's a good spot for a boomer bust, right? Because you're not even using that WR3. If you've got a flex spot, at least you're looking for the guys with the real high upside. So I think that's a nice fit, in my opinion.
2: Ginn's only 4,600 on DraftKings, too, if you're playing DFS. So maybe a, a good boom-bust, good tournament option there. A uh, couple of matchups I want to talk about uh, to wrap up our news and notes here. Uh, and we'll we'll start, since we, uh, since we mentioned Carolina, I will start with Odell Beckham against Josh Norman. Uh, Arthur, what do you think of that matchup? Uh, who do you think wins that matchup?
0: Get your popcorn ready. Yeah. I can't wait to watch. I know that much. Um, Josh Norman has been terrific, of course. Odell Beckham has been unstoppable often. Um, whew, I, I don't know. They could play it to a draw, but I, as I said a few minutes ago, you got to trust your studs. It's not like you're going to sit down, Odell. Uh, I like the way that the Giants move him around. Norman won't go into the slot, so maybe they can create some matchups. And I know Carolina just had another corner go down last week, so uh, I think it's a creativity in the Giants offense that maybe allows me to think Odell will have a slight edge in that matchup.
2: JC, do you trust the Giants enough to move Beckham inside? As Arthur mentioned, uh, Norman will shadow if you're on the outside, but he doesn't follow you inside. So is Beckham a number one wide receiver this week in this matchup?
1: Yeah, he is. I mean, this is a very tough matchup for him, and and I I own him in the league, and I'm not crazy about the matchup. But there's no thought of sitting him down. He's definitely if you're in a 12 team league, he's definitely a wide receiver one every week. I don't care who he's going up against, and anybody who's got a great player and ever sat them just because of the matchup has generally regretted that. So you're going to play him. Uh, it's a tough matchup. They will move him around. I think I think at worst he has a. a an average day
2: and Arthur I guess the better question is in daily fantasy sports and DFS do you fade Beckham in in this matchup
0: that might be a little more, yeah. I think that mm-hmm. probably makes some sense. Uh, I haven't seen what the price is, and you probably have it there. But He uh, is the
2: top wide receiver on, on DK. He's 9,200, which is 500 more than a wide receiver. We're going to get to next Antonio Brown at 8,700.
0: Okay, yeah, too rich for my blood, and frankly I know we're going to talk about Brown in a minute. That might be a little too rich as well. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get to it right now. Pittsburgh offense versus Denver defense, another one where we can get our popcorn ready for this. Uh, JC, what do you think of, of this matchup? Uh, anybody you like on Pittsburgh's offense? Uh, going forward for this week,
1: yeah, and I don't generally comment on the on the DFS just because I don't understand it as much as you guys do. So I, I doing it on the the leagues. I would you, know, you got the number two offense in Pittsburgh playing the number one defense in Denver. You got to play if you if you usually play Ben, you play Ben, right? And if you got to play Antonio Brown, D'Angelo Williams, and you're probably going to play Martavis Bryant unless you're in a small league. I wouldn't play anybody else. I wouldn't play uh, Heath Miller. Uh, I wouldn't play Wheaton. I wouldn't play the kicker. So you gotta you gotta respect this matchup, but you can't be afraid of it. Arthur, about uh, this matchup from your perspective?
0: Yeah, I think J.C. just hit it right on the head. I'm just looking over the fantasy points against totals this season. The Broncos are the best fantasy defense in the league. It's shutting down both quarterbacks and wide receivers. so uh, It's a tough spot, but you're going to have to play the guys you normally would. They're not quite as great against running backs. So D'Angelo Williams, uh, certainly they're going to try and feature in this game and take some of the pressure off ben uh i guess the beauty is there's few quarterbacks in the league who maybe can stand up against a pass rush like that better than ben so he may be uh prone to a couple mistakes but um you know there may be some points scored i don't know denver allowed 126 total yards of offense last week and lost so just amazing. <laughs> how do you do Something. that how is that possible <laughs> Well, khalil mack that's how that's possible uh, yeah. oh, <laughs> and brock <man>. osweiler. <laughs> osweiler had a Stunned. bad a yeah. bad
1: day gave a yeah. lot of short fields yeah. and i think that could happen again and Roethlisberger might not go for three hundred, but he might throw three touchdowns. That's a good
2: point. Good point. Uh, from a DFS perspective, we've probably spent the last month racing to try and find a way to get two of Beckham, Brown, Julio, and DeAndre uh, in your in your lineups. I, I think it's a week to fade Beckham and Brown, and you got Julio at Jacksonville and DeAndre at Indianapolis. Those are much better matchups than what Beckham
1: and uh, and Brown have. Uh, Uh, And if I could add one thing on the Pittsburgh deal, keep in mind they scored 30 points in Seattle two weeks ago.
2: That's a good point, good point. All right, we will move on to break down the Bears-Minnesota game from a fantasy uh, perspective. Uh, Adrian Peterson, is he going to get the carries that he wants to? If he does, will that put him in the overall fantasy RB1 uh, for this week? He had 23 carries uh, a week after getting eight. But he's had fewer than 70 yards in three of his past four. Arthur, what do you think of Peterson this week?
0: Yes and yes. Uh, I I think that North Turner had to learn his lesson from the first meeting in Week 8 when the Vikings barely squeaked away uh, with a victory and for some reason gave Adrian Peterson four carries after halftime in a game that he was dominating. So I, I think absolutely... Uh, He's going to be busy this week, and I know the numbers don't reflect it, but that was maybe the most impressive 70-yard game against the Arizona Cardinals you'll ever see. Some of those jump cuts on the first drive from Adrian Peterson, my eyes were popping out of my head, and uh, I just don't trust this Bears run defense at all. Uh, The defensive line got got run over by just a decent Minnesota O-line at Soldier Field. JC?
1: Yeah, Minnesota's got a little bit of problems on their front line, but I agree with Arthur 100%. I do think he's the number one uh, fantasy RB this week. Uh, the Bears probably have the worst two inside linebackers in the NFL. Shane McClellan is the poster child for bad. And I think not only will Adrian Peterson gash the Bears, I think Kyle Rudolph, uh, they'll they will see what Jordan Reed did to him, and they'll, they'll, I think Kyle Rudolph's going to have a good game too.
2: That's the analysis you can't get anywhere else. Shane McClellan, <laughs> hashtag bad. <laughs> the Vikings secondary, uh, you know, I, I gave that expert analysis last week of Hashtag bad. It's a bad situation. It's a banged up situation. Uh, Arthur, what do you think of the Bears passing offense uh, against this Minnesota secondary that, for all intents and purposes, is banged up? And if we believe Adrian Peterson is going to go off, they're going to have to throw to, to
0: stay in this game. Right. Yeah, it's banged up, but it should be healthier. They had extra time off after playing last Thursday night. Um, so I, I do think there's going to be some improvement there, but at the same time, Elshon had a big game in the first meeting, even going against you know Xavier Rhodes and Terrence Newman. Uh, Elshon almost had a huge game last week. Cutler missed him on a couple of shot plays that should have really uh, made a good game a, a great one from a fantasy perspective. So uh, I, I think you're definitely rolling with Jeffrey. Um, outside of that, you know maybe Zach Miller is a possibility, a sneaky play with some other tight ends, uh, kind of underwhelming, um, but you're certainly not looking at guys like Eddie Royal. Or uh, I was going to say Marquise Wilson, obviously Josh Bellamy, whoever else may be out there. Uh, JC, who are you looking at? It's Alshon. I'm sure is, is a must start. But anybody
2: else on the on Spares team? If you own them, you got to play them.
1: Yeah, I put Forte as a must start, although I don't love it. But it, it, that's more a reflection of the the dearth of uh, quality running backs that's out there. Uh, and again, I, when I do a must start, I'm thinking you know the smallest league is going to be eight. So if a guy's a top sixteen running back, he's basically a. Must start. So I don't love Forte's matchup against the Vikings, but I you'd have to play him. And Alshon's got 17 catches for 282 yards and one touchdown in his last three games. He seems to be healthy, barring a practice week injury, which seems to be uh, something the Bears are really good at. Barring that, he seems to be healthy, and I, I definitely would call him must start.
0: I forgot about Forte. JC is right, but we asked John Fox, Point Blake, on Monday if he's at the point where he's playing younger players. He said he's not, and yet you look at the snap totals, and Jeremy mm-hmm. Langford out Matt Forte last week, so that scares me a little bit. I thought Forte looked like the better back, had a little bit better game, but this one's all about opportunity, and uh, I think you have to tread a little bit lightly if you're a Forte owner. And at the same time, like JC said, you, you spend a second-round pick on him or a first-round pick on him gets back to playing the studs. you got to roll the dice and hope for better luck this week. Yeah, I mean, if Langford gets
1: hot, he, he could actually usurp the number of carries that Forte gets. It's... It, Correct me if I'm wrong, but Langford did something stupid, and that's why he got pulled. He, he um, fumbled. He didn't fumble, or he dropped a pass, or something. And then all of a sudden, Forte was right back in there, and that's the last saw uh, Langford. So, um, assuming he's out of the doghouse, yeah, he could really take a lot of carries from Forte.
0: Langford has seemed to have one key drop in, in each of these games that has kind of uh, you know lessened the excitement just a little bit. He's looked really good, but his hands are supposed to be a strength, and it seems like in big moments uh, he has had a, a big drop. J.C.'s right. Yeah, from, from a daily perspective, I think if you can kind of figure it out and read the tea leaves a
2: little bit this week, there, you might be able to sneak one of them into a tournament lineup and, and hope they go off, but I'm largely staying away from the Bears running back situation. Uh, all right, we're going to move on to our plays of the week. We're going to give you our top guy, a mid-range guy and a sleeper, at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Uh, we're going to start with JC and quarterback, your top guy, your mid-range guy, and your sleeper for this week.
1: You know, a little, probably a little out of the ordinary, but I'm going with Brady as my top guy against Tennessee. I think their defense is just good enough to force Brady uh, to actually have to show up and throw the ball a little bit. Uh, my mid-level guy, Stafford at New Orleans. That New Orleans defense played better against Tampa, but they are awful Uh, They're 30, 31, or 32 in every major defensive category. Um, And then my sleeper, I kind of let this out of the bag, but it's TJ Yates going against Indy. I like the Yates pick, uh, Arthur.
2: You got a QB this week.
0: Yeah, Russell Wilson. I think there's going to be a massacre going on in Seattle <laughs> against the Browns. Uh, you know, hottest quarterback on the planet at the moment, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. We talked about him a little bit. The Cowboys' defense, uh, uh, pretty disappointing against the Packers' offense that had been uh, sputtering a little bit. Fitzpatrick's on a great roll himself. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, maybe kind of a deep sleeper. I saw some things I liked a lot last night. He also missed some opportunities, but um, that Chargers' defense is quite beatable. Yeah, I've got Cam as as my top
2: guy until further notice at this point. And with the way the Giants defense plays, I I think that's probably a a safe bet. Uh, I'm with JC on mid-range guy. Don't be afraid to play Matthew Stafford. I know that there are games where he has just been atrocious, but this is about as good a matchup as it gets. I I think he's going to be fine. And again, with JC on on TJ Yates being a a really nice sleeper pick this week. I, I really like that. Uh, we're going to look at running back, JC, top guy, mid-range guy, and sleeper for this week.
1: Well, I can't change. already said Adrian Peterson, number one. Uh, my mid-range guy, if you've watched Green Bay the last couple weeks, they have been gashed for big runs on the ground. So just playing with that, I'm going with Latavius Murray as my mid-range guy. And And this is, maybe I'm beating a dead horse on New Orleans, but... Amir Abdullah, my <laughs> he says quietly. <laughs> I think maybe <laughs> they want it, they want him to be successful. They were playing from behind last week. If it's if it's a competitive game, Amir Abdullah could could be a sleeper.
2: Right, guys, real quick, Abdullah or Riddick? I know that's that is the the question every week. If you're looking at Detroit's uh, backfield, are you on Abdullah over Riddick?
1: If they're playing from behind, Riddick is going to be in the game. If it's a competitive game, you're going to see more Abdullah.
0: Arthur. JC's right, Riddick is the the passing down guy I think they trust him a little bit more But there's no doubt uh, that the youngster With a lot invested in him is Abdullah And this new uh, interim staff If you will, is trying to get the most out of him All
2: right, Arthur, who else are you looking at running back this week? Well,
0: (laughs) I had Peterson as my top guy And Latavius Murray in the middle Um, I do have a different sleeper I think Brandon Bolden is interesting I do need to check out what's going on with the LeGarrette Blunt hip injury But I thought Bolden uh, was a pleasant surprise uh, Last week and, you know, this is playing with fire all the time, looking in Bill Belichick's backfield. But uh, Bolden does bring a different skill set to the table as James White, who's been very much hit or miss.
2: Yeah, we're going to make it a sweep as our top guy with Adrian Peterson. I think all three of us see him gashing the Bears defense. Uh, mid-range guy, at least in terms of price on daily, Eddie, La- Eddie Lacy. Uh, he's been getting the carries. Uh, Mike McCarthy said he's rejuvenated. Uh, Green Bay wants him to be the guy. And, and again, you know, towards the end of last season, Lacy did pretty well. Uh, Oakland, you could have a worse matchup than uh, than Oakland's defense right now. Uh, sleeper, monitor the injury status, but I kind of like Denard Robinson. I think you've got to own him if you if you own T.J. Yeldon. Uh, Atlanta's defense, we've seen what's happened to them over the past uh, couple of weeks. The team is, is apparently just falling apart. Uh, and Denard Robinson, he's pretty cheap on daily. He's going to be available in your season-long leagues, I think. Uh, hop all over him, especially if you're a T.J. Yeldon owner. Uh, let's look at wide receiver,
1: J.C., well, we all agree that uh, Seattle is going to crush Cleveland, and we all agree that Seattle's got some backfield issues. So I'm going to go with Doug Baldwin. I figure they gotta, they're got they going to score somehow. So Honest were, receiver yeah, in fantasy. and a yeah. nod to your sister with Doug Baldwin. <laughs> and then uh, my mid-range guy, just a hunch, Jeremy Macklin at Baltimore. Baltimore actually has not given up. Uh, the uh, Harbaugh coach team is not going to give up, uh, and so they're going to... The, that game will probably be closer than you would expect, and I think the Chiefs are going to have to throw the ball. And then my sleeper is, uh, now it looks like Greg Olson's going to play, but especially if he doesn't play, I like Devin Funchance. I know he's a, re, a wide receiver, not a tight end, but he's built like a tight end, and I can see him getting uh, more targets, especially if Olson's out. Uh, so he's my sleeper.
2: Played tight end in Michigan.
0: Uh, Arthur, who you got a wide receiver? If anyone's going to claw the Falcons out of this funk, doesn't it have to be Julio Jones? You'd I mean, you think, like, right? you'd think. <laughs> I know how disappointing Matt Ryan has been, but this would seem to be a, a terrific matchup against the Jaguars. I've got Julio at the top. I've got John Smokey Brown in the middle. I uh, I salute Chip Kelly for uh, the the fight that his team has shown in recent weeks. But I absolutely uh, you know I, I condemn his number one cornerback money he gave to Byron Maxwell. I think John Smokey Brown is ready to exploit that for sure. And then I got Willie Snead as a deep sleeper. Uh, I like Darius Slay in the in the Lions secondary. I don't think they really have a whole lot else that's going to keep Snead down.
2: I'm with you, and Snead is my sleeper too. Uh, and Julio is as my top guy. I've got him one with Hopkins just behind. Even though over the past six weeks, Marcus Mariota has more receiving touchdowns than Julio Jones. <laughs> really, really not a good thing yeah, yeah. for a Julio Jones owner yeah. like myself. I think we all
1: own him in one league, right? Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. I've got I've got Ginn as my mid-range guy. He's boom-bust, but he's been booming a lot lately. Uh, let's uh, round it out with
1: tight ends. JC? I'm going to go with Gronk. I know that's a real stretch, but uh, actually, the you know... The, just joking but the Patriots look great with him back in there so I I it's hard to go away from him maybe Greg Olson but you know he's a little dinged up right now my mid-range guy stealing from Arthur here I got Zach Miller uh going against Minnesota the Bears are, are bound to score some points probably not a lot and I wouldn't be surprised if Miller got a touchdown and then a guy who was off the radar screen because he had a concussion he came back scored a touchdown but still only owned in a in less than 10 percent of the leagues Zach Ertz he definitely is Bradford's favorite target, and I'm a little surprised that guy is so available. If you're dying for a tight end, Zach Ertz is your guy.
2: And Arizona's defense doesn't mind blitzing and, and letting the tight end get uh, you know single coverage. So I like that pick a lot, uh, Arthur. You got a tight end.
0: Zach Ertz made the biggest play of the game for the Eagles, maybe the biggest play of the season for them so far. So that is a good call and astute call. Um, I've got a Gronk spike for sure against the Titans his great game was almost really great remember that first catch he was just dragged down yards short of another yeah. explosive touchdown yep. uh, you know he's, he's a, a plug and play tight end one obviously uh, Julius Thomas in the middle has really come on strong I really like that Bortles Thomas uh, kind of uh, ascending connection between the two of them it's nice to see them involve him after they overpaid him in the offseason and uh, my deep deep sleeper I don't trust this guy to save my life but uh, I don't know he's just an interesting name to <laughs> throw out there, Eric Ebron, mainly because Brandon Pettigrew is going on injured reserve, mm-hmm. and uh, it's another case of these guys they have so much invested in that they need to see more out of. It's also a case of a New Orleans Saints defense. Fun stat, 114.2 opposing passer rating, 12 points higher than the next worst one in the league. It oh, is, it, it's it's historically bad. Yeah.
2: They were coming off a stretch, too, and I, I want to say it was like 16 passes to tight ends, and 10 of them went for touchdowns. Yeah. And that's, that's hard to do I, if you that's try. That's really, really difficult to do, so so, yeah, I'm with you guys on on, on Ebron and and Ertz. Uh, I'm gonna and Gronk is my top guy. I'm gonna throw in a guy if he's healthy. Gosh, can the Chiefs please target Travis Kelsey? And, and <laughs> you're gonna say like, that every week until they do it, uh, right? <laughs> you know what? I'm riding it out till it happens because it's gonna happen one of these times. Baltimore's got a good rush defense. You would think Alex Smith has to throw the ball maybe a little bit more and get it to Baby Gronk because because Kelsey is is such a stud and it's so tilting to see you know. Three catches for 18 yards, two catches for 42 yards, and he's targeted three, four times all game. He's too good to get that few targets. So please, Andy Reid, throw it to Travis Kelsey. That'll wrap it up for the podcast this week. Don't forget to get all of the best fantasy football news at chicagofootball.com from our fantasy experts and listen to our podcast each week, and we we will help you win throughout the season and uh, into the playoffs here. Our podcast is available on iTunes, so if you have not done so already, Please head over and subscribe and never miss an episode. If you want to write a review, that'd be a good thing, too. We want to thank our sponsor, your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. The Silverado is ready when you are. Get a head start on the new year with special offers. And check out all these Chevy truck selections at ChevyDriveChicago.com today. And drive with Dan Hampton Drives. Big thanks to our guests on today's show, J.C. Talon and Arthur Arkish. Our producer today was Dan Mott. Associate producer was Nick the Intern. I'm John Solly for all of us at ChicagoFootball.com. We hope you have a great week of fantasy football and good luck in your players.